This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. In the beginning of 2008, that was just before we moved to East London, um, the Lord dropped a word in my heart right in the beginning, typically now this time of the year. And the Holy Spirit said to me, keep things simple this year. And for those of you who have uh, learned to recognize the voice of God, it comes as a, as, as a thought, as a simple thought. And as you start learning to recognize His voice, you start to discern what is your own thought and what is His thought. And in that moment, I knew this is the Lord speaking to me. And that was the year where I fell pregnant with our, our first um, born. We moved to East London. I resigned my job. I had an emergency season on the 24th of December. So... I would, I would call it maybe a significant year of my life, but everything but simple. If, if your definition of simple is easy and uncomplicated, that was not a simple year. But I've learned since that simple doesn't mean easy and uncomplicated and sitting on the couch. It actually means doing what God calls you to do and being who God calls you to be. It's not about doing less. It's about... It's about looking at your life and following God with your whole heart. And I just realized that often we think sim- simplification or when we simplify our lives, we're going to do less. We, our, our life's going to be easier. And I just learned from that word I received in 2008 and looking back to that year, that simple means something very different to what I originally thought. So... I've been meditating on this over the last two months, and I want to ask you this morning, do you want to simplify your life? Because I do. I really do. I'm I'm hungry. I'm really thirsty for for the simple. And if I say simple, keep in mind that what I mean is not just, you know, everything is easy. It means I, I yearn for the most important things that God wants me to do, I want to do those things. I yearn for that. I want to, to cut out the clutter and the peripheral and the unimportant and the urgent because it's the urgent things that we run after. I want to get to the important things in my life. And like, like I said, I want, to, I want to be less stressed and less overwhelmed and less burdened and less anxious. And I want to say, Lord, what, is, what are those things that you want me to do. So this is what I want to I wanna put out there for you guys this morning. What are those things that God wants you to do this year, 2018? You know, I heard that it's going to be 2018. So here we come, 2018. <laughs> so I want to I share with you a few things this morning that I really trust will help you to unclutter your lives. Amen? I've been meditating on this, and as I say, I really desire this for my own life, because when we live our one and only life on earth, doing the things that don't really matter, we sacrifice those things that do matter. I want to say that again. When, when we live our one and only life on earth, doing those things that don't really matter, we sacrifice those things that do matter. And we'll get to the end of our lives and we'll regret so many years, so many months, so many moments. And this is what I trust for this morning, that the Holy Spirit will highlight for you what you need to hear, what you need to do. 
Okay, so I want to I wanna share with you the few things in my life that's really important to me. Because I, it, it's not really possible to simplify your life without an evaluation of your life. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not possible to actually prioritize anything unless you decide what is important in your life. So I want to run through a few things that's really important to me. And when I do that, I want you to think about those things in your life. What is really important to you? I'm not talking about those things that you spend most time on. I'm, I'm talking about those things that are really important, that we actually should spend most time on. Okay, so first of all, surprise, surprise, God is very, very much first on my list. And I think we all know that story about uh, Jesus visiting Mary and Martha. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, and she was talking to him, and Martha was trying to be the good hostess and preparing the meals and running around. And I don't know about you, but every time I look at that story, I have mixed emotions because I so identify with Martha. I so identify with the list of things that needs to be done. And I I also look at the story and think um, sometimes... There's so many things to do. It almost feels wrong to sit at the feet of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that, but I did. You know, I, I know the truth. I know that what is the right thing. And the right answer is time with God is most important. But when I look at what I need to do on a daily basis, I'm really challenged by the fact that I need to let it go and just sit at the feet of Jesus. And this is... This is why Martha, exactly why Martha said to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that, that my sister's left me to do all of this by myself? Tell her to help me. And, and Jesus' answer was very clear. He said, Mary has chosen the, the better part, and I'm not taking that away from her. And, you know, I, I realize that the truth is, and I want you to listen carefully now. The truth is, when we get depleted, we get scattered. When, when we run empty, we, we get scattered. We jump from one distraction to the next without having anything to show for it. I don't know if you relate to that, but that's my life. If I run empty, if I get so busy with my to-dos, I get scattered. I literally go through a whole day and I have nothing to show for it because it's, I just run to the next urgent thing. There's no focus. There's no faith even. I just run around and I have nothing to show for it. And our, our hearts yearn for an antidote to the busyness and the drivenness in our lives. There's this hunger, like I said, a thirst for an antidote to, to all the clutter, all the voices, all the lists, all the to-dos. Our hearts yearn for an antidote and that antidote is not getting everything done. That antidote is leaving everything for what? For an unrushed conversation with Jesus. And I see that every time in my life when I rush into a conversation with Jesus, it's also not helping. It needs, it needs to be unrushed. It needs to be, I'm leaving everything, Lord, and I'm sitting at your feet and I spend time with you. My husband is so good at this. Now, and what, whatever Andre does, he's, he's doing it with excellence. It's, it's 
amazing for me just to watch him. You know, he puts his life into everything that he does. But when it comes to time at the feet of Jesus, he will leave everything. Everything. It can be done tomorrow. Because now it is time to, for an unrushed conversation with Jesus. And I'm so inspired by that. And I just, when I was evaluating my life, I just realized time with Jesus is my lifeline. Without it, I have nothing to give. Nothing. This is why I put it very first on my list. So I want to ask you, how important is your personal time with the Lord? How important is that unrushed conversation with Jesus? How important is that to you? Let's talk about family. I want to show you a photo of the two most important people in my life. There they are. The two most gorgeous men that I know. <laughs> After um, I had a car accident in December, the details, uh, it's a story for another day. But it was, it was a wake-up call for me to realize how fragile we are, how quickly something can happen. And that you can buy a new car, but you can't replace a life. You know, and when I, when I look at my son, Vian was with me in the car. When I look at my son, I just realize that there's only one Vian. I tell him often, there's only one Vian. And you are irreplaceable. There's only one Andre. I only have this man on this planet. And nothing can replace him. I, I need to value. You need to value every moment. You need to make it count. When it comes to family, nothing comes to family. Nothing is the same. Not even your best friend is quite the same as family. And my, my dad turned 70 in December. We had a big family celebration. It was beautiful. We are five kids. All of us married. There's a photo of a whole family. And all of us married with kids except one. And before we left, I just felt the Holy Spirit said to me, Sonica, I want you to love them well. And I knew that the Lord wanted me to, to look to them through his eyes. Because we're on very much on different planets. And, and, and the Lord gave me a love for my family over these holidays. Like I haven't experienced in a long time. We, we had the party. My dad was born on the 31st of December, okay? Very unique date, I think. If you're born on the 31st of December, you are very unique and special. Except if you were born on the 24th of December, then you're even more special. <laughs> so we had this party on the 30th, and then everybody left. So it was me and Andre and Vian staying behind with my, my, my folks. And I asked my dad if we can pray for him on his birthday. You remember my sermon of last year? Remember birthdays? It's an opportunity for, for a salty moment, for those of you who heard that sermon. And I decided, okay, I need to act on my own sermon now. So I said, Daddy, Papa can on see a bit. And it was like a simple request, but, you know, I had this, uh, not agenda, but I had this plan. <laughs> you know, we're going to pray for him and lay hands on him and trust the Lord for words. We've actually never done that. My dad's quite conservative, uh, traditional, and he said, yes, yes, anytime. And we prayed for him, and we actually prayed for my, my one brother as well, who's been going through a very difficult time. We, used to, we kind of just said, okay, fine, now it's your opportunity. <laughs> and we just had such a beautiful moment. And I just realized that 
you know, when it comes to my life, there's so many people that's part of my life. It's so easy to neglect my family. So easy. So how important is family to you? Let's talk about church. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've had multiple situations in my life where I would be in a church service like this during worship or at an encounter or at a church event, like typically like Wednesday evening at our worship event. And I have this overwhelming sense of I don't want to be anywhere else in the world right now, but yeah. I've had it so many times. And it's not just a thought. It's an overwhelming sense of, contentment, happiness of, I'm not trading this moment now for anything else. And I've just realized that the house of God for me, I relate to, to David, you know, in the Psalms when he says, one thing I desire of the Lord and that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. It's my desire. How important is God's house to you? And I know we are the church, but how important is the gathering of the saints? How important is God's house, the body of Christ? Let's talk about work. We spend quite a big portion of our day doing our job. Eh? Quite a big portion. Colossians 3 verse 23 and 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it heartily. Are you passionate about your job? Or do you just do it to earn an income? I'm, I'm surprised often how many people hate their jobs. You know, there's, there's an American novelist, John Gresham. I don't know how many of you know him. He was a lawyer. He hated his job. He wanted to write. He wanted to be an author, and he didn't know where to start. And he decided... He's going to schedule one hour per day before work. He's going to put it in his diary, and he's going to start writing. So he got up one hour earlier per day, and he, he would go to work, and he would use that hour to write. Today is one of the most appreciated uh, novelists and, uh, and most popular writers in America. There's actually quite a few of his books that they, they've made, a, made movies of quite a few of his books. He wrote quite a few New York bestsellers. But that man was a lawyer who hated his job. It's, it's, it's an incredible story for me. What, what does it mean for us? It means we are not victims. You are not a victim. If you are in a, in a job that you love, you are very blessed. If you are passionate about what you do, you are very blessed. If you are not, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord. You see, there's two components. The one is to do your job heartily, heartily as unto the Lord. No matter what you do, whether you like it or not, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. And you trust the Lord for the kingdom to come in your workplace, no matter whether you like your job or not. That's the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is if you hate your job, you might need to consider to change your job. Okay, it's not always so easy. It doesn't happen overnight. But if this man didn't start getting up one hour earlier per day 
and starting to write a few pages in that, in that hour. He would have been an attorney until he died. He would have hated his job until he died. So that's the other side of the coin. We need to trust the Lord to, to do what we love. It's part of simplifying our lives. If you're doing on a daily basis what you hate, how are you ever going to unclutter your world? How are you ever going to come alive? And that, that side of the coin could, could maybe take a bit longer. Could maybe, could maybe need to write, I don't know how many months or years for one hour per day to write your first book and it, you know, for, for them to take it and make a movie. I don't know how long that can take. But we need to pursue that. We need to seek the Lord and say, God, what, what have you called me to do? Because simplify, remember, is doing what God calls us to do, being what he, what he, what he wants us to be. Amen? Do you find purpose in your workplace? Recreational activities, I need to throw it in there. People are doing the comrades this year and all of those things. So this is important. You need to have something in your life that, that fills that tank, that recreational tank. If Again, if we run empty, we have nothing to give. It's not selfish to have a hobby. It's not selfish to do exercise. Okay? We can be there for people 24-7, but if you run dry and you have nothing to give anymore, you're going to mean nothing to nobody. Find something that, that, that you are passionate about, that you can do. Now, I love going to the guild. I need to go to the guild theater once a year at least. It, 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 it energizes me. What, whatever you need to do to fill that tank, do it. Okay? So after you've determined what is important to you, Okay, those are my five things. God is on top of the list. The other things, it's, it's kind of in order, but we need to also be able to be flexible. Okay, sometimes with me and Andre, sometimes there's seasons where our relationship takes priority over anything. There's seasons sometimes that there's more time being spent at church or there's more time being spent doing work. But then there's seasons where we, again, pour our time into our relationship. Okay, so it's not a cast in stone um, thing. We need to be flexible around it, but we need to every day, every week, be able to determine what, what God wants us to do with our time. So some of us maybe need to reprioritize this morning. You need to look at the important things in your life, and you need to either prioritize or reprioritize. So let's look at that. I want to give you three Ps, okay? I don't do this often, but this morning I'm giving you PPP. Okay, you can do that. PPP, okay. <laughs> Psalm 127, let's look at prioritize. Okay, you, you got your, your most important things in your life, hey? You got it. Have you made your list? A yes or a no? Yes, thank you. Okay, prioritize. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil, for he gives blessings to his beloved in sleep. I love this scripture. I don't always get this right, but I love it. What is this saying? I believe it's confirming Matthew 6.33. That we stand for as a church, that we need to seek the kingdom of God first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. We need to seek that first, and then what will happen? Everything 
else will be added. Amen? It effectively means that no matter what we do, whether it's, whether it's time with the Lord, whether it's time with family, whether it's our work, whether it's church, whether it's a, it's a hobby, we need to trust the Lord for the kingdom to come right there. While we're having fun, while we're sitting in the guild, while we're running, getting ready for the comrades, you know, we, we can see God's kingdom come right there. And ultimately, this is how, it's almost, I see it almost like an umbrella or like a foundation, whatever you want to call it, of, of everything that we do in life, of every priority, every important thing. The kingdom of God is our foundation. It is, it is our go-to. It's our starting point. It's, our, it's, it's everything we do should, should fit in that kingdom of God box. Okay, it's a, it's a big box. It's wide. It's unlimited. But that should be our priority. I was so blessed. Um, Leon Boeta shared with me the story, and I need to share that with you. I was so blessed. Two weeks ago, his brother was visiting and they wanted to go to the Nahoon Dam with a boat. If you've never been at the Nahoon Dam, go there just once in your life. Okay, you need to do yourself a favor. It's, it's, it's quite something. And the, the idea is you need to go early to, to find a good spot for the boat and the picnic basket and all of those things. Okay, you need to go early. But they decided, no, we're not, they're not going early. They're coming to church first. They're prioritizing church. So... They left for the dam after church. And then when they got there, there were all, a lot of people, but there was this one spot, nearly on one spot, like this really great spot at the dam for them to park and to, it was almost as if God kept it for them. And then Leon said, that's the favor of God because we prioritize church. And I was so blessed by that. I just felt this should be our lifestyle. Why can't the Lord keep us a spot at the dam? Because we came to church first. I mean, that, that is prioritizing. That's our first P, okay? Second one, plan. Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days. It's almost like a prayer in that psalm. So God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's critical that we allow the Lord to teach us how to manage our time on earth. It's critical. We need to learn. We need to learn to plan. We need to learn to use our diaries. We need to learn to avoid double bookings. We need to, we need to, we need to learn to plan. Maybe it comes naturally to some of us. Maybe it's not naturally to all of us. But you can learn. All of us, or let me rather say, most of us, if not all of us, have smartphones. Okay, we live in a... In a day and age where planning is really easy. If you have your smartphone, when I go to the dentist and then she says, um, should I give you a card? No, it's okay. I take out my smartphone. I tap, tap, tap. And there's the appointment. It's in. And then, ooh, ooh, you're so organized. No, I'm just actually using this very expensive thing. <laughs> that it's not only for WhatsApps and, and phone. Use the diary on your smartphone. You can do it. You are the boss. You are the boss of your schedule. You can tap. Anyone can tap. Hold it. Tap, tap, tap. 12 to 2. It's in. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get to protecting that something now, but I want to I share a story with you, Bill. I will share a story of a guy 
had so many questions about Christianity. And Bill just actually stopped him and said, take out your smartphone and schedule a 10-week course at Willow Creek. It's an alpha course. Please schedule, um, schedule that in your smartphone and attend it. Okay, so tap, tap, tap. There's a thing in his diary, 10 weeks. And a year later, this guy sees Bill Ibels at a baptism, goes to Bill. He says, hi, Bill, do you remember me? I was a guy with all the many questions and you um, advised that I do the scores. And, you know, I don't know if Bill really remembered him. Maybe he did. But then he said that the first four weeks of this course was hectic. He almost bailed. He was planning to just... But because it was scheduled in his diary, he's put aside that time because he did it for 10 weeks. Okay, you can, you can use the repeat button in your... Okay? Repeat. Life group for 10 weeks. Time. Repeat. Done. Okay? Let me teach you a little bit how to use your phone. <laughs> So he did it for 10 weeks, and he said after four weeks, he almost ran away. But he decided to stick it out because it was in his diary. Okay? It doesn't always work like this, but for this guy, it did. So at the end of the 10 weeks, he committed his life to Jesus. And he said to Bill, he was so thankful that somebody challenged him to put a calendar entry in his diary. It changed his life. It changed his life. You know, anyone can change direction. It's, the, the, it's called the transformative power of a schedule. You know, you can change direction. You put it in your diary. You can do it. Okay? You can do it. Let's talk about the last P, protect. Okay, nothing that I mentioned helps if we do not learn to protect our priorities. We need to learn to protect. We need to learn to say yes to certain things and no to other things. Yes to certain things, no to other things. God has given you a, ra- a race to run, a fight to finish, a path to follow. Amen? We can't, we can't get distracted. He's given you a race to run, a fight to finish, a path to follow. Don't let other things distract you from it. No one can set boundaries for you. You need to protect your time with God. You need to protect your time with God. I'm going to say it again. You need to protect your time with God. You need to protect your time with your family. That date night, guys, that's in your, in your diary, don't expect your wife to protect the date night. I know this is how it works. <laughs> the wife must protect that date night, you know, for life and death. You protect the date night. Husbands, you can do it. You protect it. Your buddy wants to go and play golf. Sorry, I um, have another appointment already. Don't tell your buddy it's with your wife. Just stand your ground. You have another appointment. He doesn't need to know what it's for. You need to protect. You need to protect your priorities. You need to protect your... your, your uh, if there's a church event you want to attend and you've put it in your diary like I taught you on your smartphone, you need to protect that time. Now somebody wants to go for the weekend. No, sorry, I have another commitment. You've signed up for Encounter 3 at Shofar. You can't go away for the weekend. It's in your diary. You need to learn to protect. You need to protect it. There will be competition. There will be competition. You will run around. You will cancel. You will do another appointment. You will cancel that again. Or you will have three double bookings. And then on the day, it's chaos. 
you need to put it in and then you need to protect it. You can do it. It's simple. You need to do it. To, to, to set and maintain your boundaries, just, just, um, let me just give you a few ideas. <clears throat> I'm trying to, to encourage you here this morning. <laughs> okay, to set and maintain your boundaries, you must have the courage, one, uh, first one, to say no. Let's practice. No. Let's practice again. No. You can do it. No, you can say no. Do you know how many times there's like literally five things that we invited to on the same day? Five things. I would love to, uh, to attend everything. Sometimes we, we can't attend anything because there's, there's another priority. Sometimes I need to choose between one of the five. And then, okay, I'll get to that one now. Risk being misunderstood. You need to risk being misunderstood. You can't be everything for everybody. You can't do everything. You need to determine what, what does God want you to do with your life. Which means you can't run around. You can't please everybody. You can't have three commitments every Saturday. And then on a Sunday you're so tired you don't come to church. It's, it's not going to simplify your life. It's going to clutter your life. <laughs> be satisfied at times with pleasing only God. You got that one? Be satisfied at times with pleasing only God. Prioritize the important things, which means being okay with disappointing people. If you are a people pleaser, this is going to be very difficult for you. We need to become a God pleaser. We have to. If you want to simplify your life, if you want to do what God calls you to be, you need to be satisfied at times with pleasing God only. And then the last one, be self-aware enough to know your needs and your capacity. Be self-aware enough to know your needs and your capacity. Sometimes you don't have capacity for the, to, to respond to this invitation. You need to be self-aware enough. Okay, so a great opportunity for you to simplify your life is to join us for our three-week prayer and fast. I'm going to explain to you now why it's going to benefit you tremendously. So well done for those of you who've done the two days this week. Well done. We, we, we one-third there. Okay, we are 33% there. This week we're starting with, with week two and fasting is an awesome tool. I see that every time. Have you ever calculated how much time you use to plan your grocery list? To drive to the shop? To buy it? Okay, it's not in this aisle. Okay, it's in this aisle. Oh, I need to rush. Oh, okay. Now you get to the till. Now you've forgotten one thing. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You drive home. You pack it into the cupboards. You need, okay, now you need to plan the menu. Okay? Now you need to defrost the meat. Now you need to cook it. Now you need to wash the dishes. And then it starts all over again. I, I take my hat off for any chef because to do, to do cooking for a life, you must be passionate about it. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. You must be glad that I'm not a chef at one of the um, <laughs> restaurants in East London. <laughs> I don't think the restaurant would have made it. <laughs> But fasting, fasting immediately puts you into a position where you have more time. And for me, it, 
I think it's one of the biggest benefits for me of fasting. Is my time is immediately, it's multiplied. It's multiplied. I don't have to. And I, I have only one son, okay? So for those of you who have more than one child, I have one husband. One husband. I should have one husband. <laughs> one son. And feeding them is a daily task. It's incredible. It keeps me busy. And fasting puts me on a, like, immediate holiday. It, in, the, in that area, in that area, I feel as if this big thing is off my shoulders. I don't have to plan a menu. I don't have to defrost the meat. I don't have to cook. I don't have to do any of those things. It is incredible. Okay, so just three quick other benefits that fasting is going to do for you. Apart from simplifying your life, because it will. It will multiply your time. It will give you time to think. It will give you time to pray. It will do for you what no diet can do. Listen to this story. I think I shared it in the past, but it's a good one, so it's worth listening again. Lisa Bevere, wife of John Bevere, well-known author, speaker, famous people, those famous people. She battled with uh, eating disorders all her life through high school. So now she's getting engaged and she's getting married, and a month before the time, she tries on her wedding dress, and it's not fitting, not at all fitting, okay? Big crisis. And then, obviously, she immediately wants to diet again. And then the Lord said to her, you're not dieting this time, you are fasting. So she, the Lord guided her to go on a three-day fast, liquid fast, primarily water, a little bit of juice, and she took long walks. She didn't even exercise because she would immediately go into that, I need to exercise, I need to diet mode. And then the Lord said to her, no, none of this this time. Let me teach you. So, so she did a three-day fast. And after the three-day fast, the Lord helped her to cultivate the right relationship with food. It's something broke in, that, in those three days. Something changed in her. She would literally eat and then listen to the Holy Spirit. It sounds very spiritual now, but this is how her breakthrough came. She would eat and then listen, and then God would say to her, that's enough. You've had enough. Stop. And then she would just be responsive. So it, it was incredible, you know. In that month, uh, I know you all want to know the end of the story, okay? Yes, the dress did fit, so don't stress. <laughs> it did fit in the end. But she only weighed herself at the end of that month. She decided she's going to dedicate that month to the Lord. She's not going to push for every day on the, on the scale. It will do for you what no diet can do. Okay, obviously you will lose weight in the process, but it's not about that. It's about giving you a new eyes, new understanding, a new focus. It will change your life forever. One three-day fast changed her life forever. It will increase your faith. You know, before most fasts, especially if it's a long fast, I kind of beg the Lord to help me because, I don't know, just before a fast, I, it seems as if I'm in a really bad routine every time before a, a big fast or a long fast. Then I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I honestly, even though I've fasted many times in my life, I feel that panic. Okay, do you relate to what I'm saying? I feel I'm panicking and I think I can't do this. I have no idea. My husband's proclaiming we're fasting, and I have no idea I'm not going to do this. Now, what do I do? I beg the Lord to help me. I say, Lord, I can't do this without you. And that is the idea. All right? 
The idea is for you to panic slightly before a fast. It's good because you will go to God and say, Lord, I actually can't do this. And that is exactly where you need to be. You need to be at a place where, where you realize you can't do it. You can, okay, we are designed to fast, okay? Don't stress, your, your body is not going to, your body is going to flourish. So it's just that in your mind, you think you can't, but you can. With God's help, you can do that. It will increase your faith. It will increase your faith. It will bring answers and peace when life overwhelms you. Every time, as I say, because you simplify your life during fasting, it brings answers and peace. And so I want to share another story. I know I've shared it before, but worth listening again. Right. In my first year of working, I went through a very, in, in the middle of the year, I went through a very difficult year, um, stage, failed my board exam, had to do extra classes at UCT. I didn't have a car. I was looking for a lift every day to work. And I made a list of 11 things in my life that was completely chaos. I still have that paper, so for me it's like a memorial. I wrote it down. I said, Lord, I am overwhelmed. I, I, I don't know what to do with my life. It feels as if everything's out of order. And again, that still small voice, almost like a little thought, felt the Holy Spirit said to me, fast for three days. And I did a liquid fast, so I did water and juice. And the moment the Holy Spirit said to me, fast for three days, it, I, was, I was changed inside. Nothing on the outside change, changed, but I was changed inside from despair and, and depression to hope in an in a, in a instant. When that, when that word came, the Lord said, fast for three days, I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I was changed. I was kind of happy. I was kind of excited, and nothing, none of my circumstances changed. But after the fast, one by one. So I didn't even focus on the circumstances because I had no plan. I didn't have a plan to sort it out. I was just overwhelmed, and I said, Lord, I'm going to seek you for three days. After that, one by one, it started sorting out. And I just know that it's the power of responding to a word. That's about responding to a call to fast. Remember in the book of Esther, there was a call. She's, she told them, uh, me and my maidservants, we're fasting for three days. Tell all the Jews to fast with us. Sometimes the Lord will tell you to fast. Sometimes there's a call from the church. We are fasting. It's equally important. All right? It's equally account as a word that's going to transform and change your life forever. Amen. It will, something happens, something happens when we fast. And if you haven't joined us yet, it's not too late. If you, if you have decided from the beginning you, you're doing this, if you do this with all of your heart, it can change your life forever. You will look back at these three weeks and think that was a sick, very, very significant. January 2018 was one of the most significant Januaries in my life. But you have to do it with all of your heart. You can't be double-minded. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Let's see when I wake up how I feel. It's not going to work. All right. You need to make up your mind. You need to say, Kom wat wil, ek gaan vas. No matter how I feel, we, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings. You're not going to feel like fasting. Nobody feels like fasting. All right. Not even Andre, okay? I know he looks as if he likes fasting or feels like fasting. He must, he must make a decision. 
And put it in your diary. You know, we say to ourselves, okay, when are we fasting this week? Okay, Tuesday, Thursday, in our diaries. I can't wake up Tuesday and not feel like fasting and change it to Wednesday. It's in my diary. Okay, it's there. My husband's fasting. I can't change it now. So put it in your diary. Decide what three days are you fasting this week. We do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, you can, can come check my diary. It's there. <laughs> it's in. We have scheduled that. It will keep you accountable. I keep you committed. If you haven't joined, if you maybe this whole fasting three weeks is very new to you, you can still join us. You can still join us. You can still be a part of something really special, what, what God's going to do. Three days this week, seven days the following week. You know, um, one last story, then we're going to pray. In a long time ago, 12 years or something, God challenged me to do a, a, a seven-day water fast. I've done many seven-day fasts, but never... Until that point, a seven-day water fast, I freaked out completely. I cried for weeks, okay? It's now like months in advance because, shame, the Lord knows my personality. He can't tell me the day before the time. I won't do it. I need months to prepare myself. Now, I cry for months. Okay, don't do it like I do it. Okay, do it like Andre does. He just jumps in. How high, how quick, how far. <laughs> don't overthink the word of the Lord. So now I, I, I cry because I honestly think I'm not going to make it. I mean, I'm, I must work. I, it's a normal week for me. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And eventually, okay, after m lots of crying, I commit. Okay, so that's the, the good thing of my personality. When I commit, I'm in. Okay, I take a while, but when I'm in, I'm in. Now, I commit to this week, and I'm in. I'm doing this. And... After that seven days, after those seven days, it felt to me, I felt like Elijah, you know, can pray for rain and it will come. And I was like, I felt my, my faith increased like nothing else. I was like, this wasn't me. I cried for months. I can't do this. I did it. And it was, it was the Lord showing himself strong to me. He will do the same for you. I promise you, you will, you will just cry out to him. He will do the same for you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.